We're going to go to the book of Matthew tonight. And um, as I said earlier, uh, I was amazed. I know uh, uh, I know Kessie always spends some time in prayer uh, because I have I have uh, uh, ran into her several times in in the church. She comes praying, seeking the Lord. On the, on, she don't just open up a book and try to pick up pick out a song. She prays beforehand. And I, uh, when she come out with this song that was sung during the worship while ago, we hadn't even never done it here before. It's an old time hymnless song. It was in our old uh, Pentecostal hymnals that we had before. Uh, and uh, but that uh, song saying, uh, "We shall see the King when He comes," and my, it's just going to fit right into the word God has given me tonight. And I uh, talked this morning about passion, uh, hoping to stir your hearts and to get you uh, make make your life passionate for God. And like 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 Brother Wayne was talking about, you know, let's just be real, honest, day to day folks out there, and, and and just meet people and talk to them about uh, Jesus. You know, all all of them twenty dollar words I learned in Bible school don't help me a bit trying to win somebody's soul to God. They don't hit me one bit, amen, trying to show somebody the love of God. Hallelujah. We just got to be down and be real, uh, amen, and meet people one-on-one. Hallelujah. Be honest with them. That's what it takes to, to talk to people about God and make a difference in their life. Matthew chapter 25, the first seven verses, a uh, uh, well-known parable in the Scripture. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Let's pray. Fathers, we come tonight. We thank you and we praise you for this service. I thank you, God, for the wonderful testimonies, God, that went forth tonight. And now, in these next few minutes, I pray that you will speak to us one more time before we leave to go home to face this coming week. Give us strength. Give us encouragement, God to do what we should do according to your will and by your mercy. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you. You can be seated. Everybody knows the story of the ten, ten virgins. I didn't take the time to read it all because I'm not going to go in no depth detail or uh, about about the story and about the parable, but I... I'm using it as a springboard uh, to to talk about something else. And what I want to talk about tonight uh, uh, in my sermon is living ready to go. Hallelujah. Now, as I said this morning, our, our efforts was to try to light somebody's fire with some passion for God. Uh, I believe that our life should be filled with passion. But as we go through this life and as we fill our life and we expend our life 
with passion to help others, passion for the church, passion for the kingdom of God. We also, Brother Douglas, every day of our lives should live, we should be living to go. Hallelujah. We should live every day like it's our last. There was a well-known hit song come out a few a few years ago. Um, I don't remember how uh, how it went on, uh, uh, went on the charts, but it was a country song, and the song says, "Live like you are dying." Well, you know what? That's a that's a message right there. That uh, that that would preach. Hallelujah. Live like you are dying. Amen. If there's any of you out there thinking God's called you to preach, write that down as a title. That could be your first sermon. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Because I believe that we should live every day of our lives like it was going to be our last. Hallelujah. When you got up this morning and you put your foot, uh, your feet on the floor, amen, and stood up, you should have done that with anticipation and think, thought within your mind, this may be the last morning that I'll ever get out of this bed. Because you know what? It could be. We don't know. We don't have no promise of tomorrow. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible teaches us that life is just uh, a, 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 like a vapor. Hallelujah. Amen. And we need to pray every day in our prayer, God, let me live ready to go. Amen. Nothing really else matters. Hallelujah. Because I have to be ready either when life leaves this body or Jesus split those skies. Whichever comes first, I got to be ready. Hallelujah. If my heart quits beating and I fall and hit the ground right now in the next moment behind a pulpit, which I don't think would be no better way to go. Hallelujah. Amen. God, just go ahead while I'm doing what you call me to do, while I'm doing what I've spent my whole life doing. Hallelujah. Amen. But whether or not my, my heart stops beating and I leave this body or he splits the sky, I have got to live every day of my life like I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. I've got to be ready. you got to be ready. What I'm talking about, it don't matter what you did 20 years ago. It don't matter what you did 30 years ago, 10 years ago, 5. It don't matter what you did last year. What are you doing now? What are you doing? Do you know there's a scripture in the Bible? And I've used it. <laughs> Amen. Preached many a message from it. The Bible says to the from to the either to the north or to the south, whichever way the tree falleth, there shall it lie. Amen. I and I used that one time I preached a message. Which way are you leaning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can tell a lot of times which way a tree is going to fall by the way it leans. Hallelujah. And we need to live every day of our life ready to go. Because we don't know when that time is going to be. I want to, I want to start out by giving you a, a short little amusing story. At least I thought it was amusing that I'd read. And I want to share it with you. Uh, it's about this story that I heard where there was an old farmer. One time he went to bed one night. And uh, he had something. He had one of them old grandfather clocks in the house. Most of the furniture in their house was was antiques, and he had an old grandfather clock. And uh, during the night, something went wrong <laughs> haywire with that grandfather clock. 
And right at midnight, when it uh, went off, amen, it started going off, it didn't stop. It kept going off. That clock went off 14 different times. Of course, you know, at midnight, each time it strikes 12 times. Amen. And that, uh, it, just, it just kept going off over and over again. Amen. That old farmer jumped up, being all confused. He thought that they had already overslept and it was daylight past. Amen. On a farm, they had to get up before, before the sun come up. And uh, with all the confusion, the old farmer jumped up, amen, and uh, thought, thinking he overslept. And he looked over to his wife and, say, and shook her and says, Get up, Nellie. It's later than it's ever been before. Hallelujah. Wake up. It's later than it's ever been before. That clock ain't never done that, so it's got to be later than it's ever been before. Well, as we contemplate all the spiritual battles raging for the souls of men and nations, I believe that we, like the old farmer, can honestly say that it's a lot later than it's ever been before. And, of course, I'm not talking about physical time. I'm talking about time for everybody going off into eternity. I believe that it's later than it ever has been before. In the parable of the ten virgins, we see a contrast between wise and foolish saints. Now, you can hear this, this, this message preached a lot by various preachers, uh, and um, everybody has, a, has their take on it and how God directs them. Amen. But the way I read the Scripture and the way that I understand it, uh, uh, the, Bible, uh, the Bible said that they were all virgins. Amen. Five were wise, five were foolish. Foolish. All ten were virgins, and virgins speaks of purity. Now listen to me. In other words, they were living good, clean, moral lives. Hallelujah. All ten of them were virgins. There wasn't no problem with living a good moral life. They all lived good, clean moral lives. So the difference of those five, the five foolish and the five wise was not in right living. Hallelujah. Maybe you've not considered that before, but I pray just to pray for you to think about it and let the Holy Spirit direct you, amen, about what I'm saying tonight. The difference between the five wise and the five foolish was not in right or wrong living. Hallelujah. Because he all was living good, clean, moral lives. The difference was in preparedness. Hallelujah. I said the difference was in preparedness. Five had a supply of oil for, for their backup, and five didn't. Come on, somebody. Let me talk to you just for a few minutes. This is not going to be long. I'm not going to draw, draw this out. Five of them had a supply of oil. They had enough for backup. Amen. But five didn't. You see in verse 5 where I read, we read that the bridegroom was delayed. Verse 5 said, but while the bridegroom was delayed, the original King James, I believe, says tarried. 
But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. All, all ten of them was asleep. They all, they all fell asleep. But follow me. In other words, there were circumstances that caused they all, all of them to wait longer than they expected. Hallelujah. The wait was much longer than all ten of them expected. But the wise, they were prayed up and ready for the unexpected. Come on, somebody. The foolish was not prepared for the unexpected. Hallelujah. Amen. They, uh, uh, they, uh, they, they didn't prepare themselves fully for any kind of unexpected thing coming along. The bridegroom was delayed. They weren't expecting the bridegroom to be delayed. They thought, all of them thought that the bridegroom was going to be at a certain time. But there were some unexpected circumstances. Listen to the word I'm trying to say tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. The difference was in preparedness. The wise were prayed up and ready. The foolish was not prepared for the unexpected. And when they woke from sleep, it was much later than they thought, and they had not prepared for the day. Because when they got up ready, amen, to trim their lamps, because a choir had been made, the Bible said that their lamps had gone out. They hadn't prepared. Glory to God. Church, we live in an hour that you better be prepared. Glory to God. It ain't just enough, amen, to go to church on Sunday morning or Sunday night and pray a little bit and read your Bible every day and live a good moral life. There's going to be a lot of people who live a good moral life. It's going to be lost. going to be some people lost who live better lives morally than people was in the church sitting on the pews every time the door opened. You know why that is? Because you coming into a church building sitting on a pew don't make you a real Christian and prepared and ready to go no more than you going out somewhere in a garage and sitting in that garage turns you into a Ford. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. The foolish were not prepared. They weren't ready for the unexpected. The wise, the Bible says, took their lamps and they took oil in their vessels. Amen. They even, they even had a backup supply. Church, we've got to stay fired up. Hallelujah. Brother, we were talking, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it was Wednesday night, or uh, this past Wednesday night, or what t time it was, but Brother Wayne was sharing me that time that he preached the message, New to Scripture, amen, it talks about, amen, if you don't keep wood on the fire, what happens? It goes out. And a lot of people think they get a good blessing when God fills them with the Holy Ghost, amen, and they'll feel a little sh shivers go up and down their spine and all that, and they think that's all they need. Go back and reread re, re the book of Acts. I wish that every church member today would sit down and beginning in chapter 1 
read all the way through and do it slowly and take your time and let the, let the Holy Ghost show you something and see how the early church lived. If you go back and you look to the early church, that, there's no thing in there that said they only got the Holy Ghost one time. They were filled over and over and over again. Hallelujah. You go out there and you fill up your automobile one time with gasoline and say, well, I filled that thing up to, to the brim. It even some of them run over. Hey, Amen. this is going to last me. I bought this, I bought this vehicle, and I got, I'm going to be paying on it for seven too much. I filled this tank up, and it, there it is. It's going to last. You think it's going to hold out 72 months? No. Amen. If you're not if you're not prepared with a gas can in the trunk, you're going you're going to be having problems. Hallelujah. Amen. But there's a couple things I want to share with you about this tonight to get a little bit give you a, a, a paint you a little bit of picture of what I'm trying to say. When we're talking about living ready to go, number one, we ought, we got to always be on our mark. We always got to always be on our mark. Hallelujah. Amen. Now the now the phrase being on your mark, Amen. That that's that's in terms of people who does running, Hallelujah. And uh, when uh, when you hear them sometimes at track meets and uh, and uh, they, they, there's a big running track out at Watch Creek, and I, I watch some of the track people out there. And uh, when they all get out there and ready to uh, to run that track, you'll hear somebody say, "On your mark." And when they get on the mark, they get down, and, they, and, and, and they're partially touching the ground, and they're looking ahead. Hallelujah. And they are ready, amen, for when, uh, when the signal is given. Hallelujah. We have got to always be on the mark spiritually. Hallelujah to God. We got to be ready, hallelujah, because you, if you don't, you got a, you got a other, you got 10 or 15 other people that's going to be on you. Hallelujah. Amen. Like white on rice. Hallelujah. Amen. And while you are trying to get ready, they done halfway down the track. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now I'm talking spiritually speaking. Luke chapter 12, verse 35 and, uh, through 40. Let's read that. He says, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And let yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Notice that immediately. Hallelujah. You got to be living ready to go. You got to be ready on the mark. Blessed are those servants whom the master when he comes will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you, that he will gird himself and have him set down to eat and will come and serve them. And, and if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so blessed, or that word blessed means happy, are those servants, hallelujah. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you, uh, you also 
be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect. My friend, if you can't look at all this crap going on in the world from the White House all the way down and don't realize if something ain't stirring in you that Jesus is soon to appear, hallelujah, I don't know what else it's going to take. You better get on the mark because that whistle is fixing to be blown. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, any time a person becomes inactive, they will have a tendency to doze off. I'm going to tell off on her, she ain't here. But sometimes I see Sister Darlene sitting over while pastor's preaching, while pastor's preaching. I don't understand that. I mean, pastor, I think pastor does pretty good sometimes, hallelujah. But it don't matter how good I think I'm doing, sometimes she'll doze. Yeah, maybe somebody else got that problem too. I don't know. But uh, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. But here's the key. <laughs> here's the key. When a person becomes inactive, they'll have a tendency to do that. That's why we have to remain active in the kingdom of God, church. That's why we got to be. Jesus told him in another place, he said, occupy till I come. We all have a tendency to doze. And if you are dozing, listen, if you are dozing, you are not on the mark. Hallelujah. Ready to run when the signal is given to go. That's really what Jesus meant when he said, have your loins girded. Going back and looking at the scripture I read in Luke, amen, 12 and 35. He said, let your waist, your loins or your waist be girded and your lamps burning. What's that um, motel commercial used to say, we'll keep the light burning for you? Yeah, you know, everybody, anybody remember that commercial? Hallelujah. Motel 6 will keep the light burning. Hallelujah. It's, it, you, do you know it, it goes back a long time that sometimes a lot, of, a, a lot of times a light burn on the front porch, it's a welcome sign? Did you know that? Hallelujah. We're supposed to be living our lives that anytime Jesus looks our way, he can feel, feel welcome about coming. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. Amen, Sister Wanda, but if Jesus looked at me in my house, I want me and I want my house both, amen, to feel where the Lord looked at and feel welcome to come. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, glory. I want him to feel welcome. Hallelujah. I want to keep the lights burning. Hallelujah. And that, that, that phrase he said about let, letting your waist be girded. See, back then uh, they wore those, those long, Men and women, and at at night, to get comfortable, they would take their their belt off, amen, to give them more freedom, and uh, and it, it would flow more. But any time, any time they was ready to leave the house, and they was going to start walking down the road, or going somewhere, they would take that leather 
The Bible in King James calls it a girdle, but it ain't a girdle in the sense that we think a girdle might be. It was a belt. And they would take that leather belt and they would gather all that garment up, which would help them to be able to walk and even run if they had to. So when Jesus says there in Luke, he said, let your waist be girded. Jesus says, always be ready to run. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Be ready. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't know what I'm coming. Glory to God. Amen. Don't be like one of those when I, when I come, let's say, wait a minute, Lord, I'll be there. Wait a minute. Hold on. Because he's not going to wait on nobody when that day comes. Come on. He's not going to stop and wait. There ain't going to be no waiting period. Hallelujah. It ain't going to be, oh, whoa, wait a minute, Lord, let me get my hair done just right. I, I, want, that, I want that perfect hairdo because it'll look good in that, in that white robe. If you ain't ready, you ain't going to get that white robe. Hallelujah. If you ain't ready, it's going to be like that sign I seen on the back of that uh, 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 semi-truck not long ago going on down the road. You know what that sign says? Stop, drop, and roll won't work in hell. You know, that's what firemen tell people. If something happens, you accidentally catch yourself on fire, and then some people will panic. reason why, and they'll get burned up because they'll start running. All that's going to do is fan the flame. Amen. They said the best thing to do if you catch, catch yourself on fire some kind of way, to stop whatever you're doing, drop, and start rolling. I'd put a... But that sign on the back of that truck says, stop, drop, and roll. It's not going to work in hell. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. What we got to do is keep our belts on for we're always ready to run. We're always ready to go. And keep the lights burning. Hallelujah. That's another, that, that's an, uh, another uh, a thing that points to the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your life. Hallelujah. It's a symbol of light. Hallelujah. Amen. We got, we got to keep that active, church. We got to keep it active. Hallelujah. Amen. It's got, it can't just be a, it can't just be a Sunday thing. Hallelujah. Amen. That's another good thing. And I, I seen that on a church sign. Uh, a church sign. I had uh, one time I was, up, I was past, um, uh, passing the church and everything. says that, uh, God wants full custody, not just weekend visits. Hallelujah. Now, in this day and hour, we all know, understand what that's about. Amen. Sometimes some parent, either the, the mother or the father, one because of a split up or whatever, one of them only gets visits on weekend. Hallelujah. But the, uh, but the, sign, the sign says, and the Bible backs this up, that God wants full custody of you, not just weekend visits. We got to live ready to go. We got to live ready to go. Hallelujah. I want to carry just a little bit further, and I'm, and I'm about through, but, but, but stay with me. Bear with me just a little bit. So we got to stay on the mark. We got to keep our loins girded, our lights burning, and be always ready. Don't be inactive. Amen. Because if we do, we could be like all those virgins and have a tendency to doze off. And then also, number two, we got to keep a fresh supply of oil. Oh, God. That's one reason why we come to the house of God. Hallelujah. To get, to get a good supply. You're here tonight, and you don't know what you might get, and, and, and you don't even realize it 
amen, too much um, at the time. But you're getting a fresh supply. Amen. What what was it been now? Almost two years ago. When Brother Flannery was preaching and he uh, stepped down off the stage and he walked walked over here and I was sitting with him standing over there and he stopped preaching. He says, Sister Pruitt, God told me to tell you he's going to heal you of those migraines. And she's had them for 10 years. And he stepped over there and he laid hands and he prayed on her. And uh, on the way home, I asked her, I said, well, I says, how'd you feel? She said, well, I really didn't feel nothing when he prayed. And let me, folks, sometimes we get, we get guilty of trying to base everything about our relationship with God on emotion. Do you know emotions are fickle? They can change. Sometimes you can feel happy at somebody, but then other times you can feel mad at them. That's a change of emotion. I mean, our emotions change, but truth don't never change. Hallelujah. Amen. If, if it's a change made, it never was truth in the very beginning because truth is absolute. It's absolute. There's no changing in it. Hallelujah. We got to keep a fresh supply of oil. Amen. We need to make sure every time we come to God's house or every time we have an opportunity through personal prayer at home or whatever to make sure we keep our supply tanks filled with oil. You see, lamps were all lit by oil in the old days. Amen. Lord of God, and I, I believe there might be one or two here tonight old enough to know what that is. We've got two, we got a far place in our den, and we got a couple of them that sit on the mantle, and we still make use of them from time to time, because sometimes when the thunderstorm comes through and the lights go out, I go looking for a match, and it's more dependable uh, than electricity. Hallelujah. Amen. And Going all the way back to the time of Christ for a thousand years, lamps were all lit by oil. They didn't look quite like that. Uh, the lamps that the virgins had didn't have look like that. Uh, I don't have a picture to show you, uh, but you can you can go in a good Bible dictionary or whatever, and you can find a picture of the type of lamps that they carried back in those days, and they had looked more like a little pitcher. Uh, of some what I would call a picture of something, but they were they were they were powered by oil, and if you allow the oil to run low, the lamps would soon go out. You follow me? The oil represents the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. When Jesus returns, you're going to need the quickening power of the Spirit. That will launch you into the stratosphere to meet Jesus in the air. Oh, hallelujah. What else? Tell me. What else is going to be a quickening power? Amen. To be able to launch you up into the stratosphere to meet the Lord in the air, but the Holy Ghost. That's why we got to have a fresh supply all the time. That's how that's part that's part of it of staying ready. I want to read to you one more passage of scripture, Romans 8. Verses 9 through 11. 
Romans 8, 9, and 11. Notice what it says. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, oh, man, that's powerful right there. He is none of his. My, my, my. Hallelujah. He is none of his. Go ahead. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit, now here, here's, what, here's the part I'm getting to. If the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, make alive your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. We got to make sure, church, we got to make sure, hallelujah, we got to make sure that we keep a fresh supply of oil. The five foolish virgins didn't understand that importance. They weren't prepared. They were called virgins. They didn't have sin problems. They didn't have a problem with right living. But let me tell you something. If you depend on you living right, it's what's going to get you to heaven. You, you, you're missing the mark, folks, because your works is not what's going to save you, the grace of Jesus Christ. We are saved by grace, not by works, because so that any man won't boast. I guarantee you, glory to God, if we was able to do this and live this thing on our own and live a holy life outside the power of the Holy Ghost, we'd be walking around with a chest up in the air, uh, our nose so stuck in the eye that if it come a thunderstorm, we'd drown. Hallelujah. You see, when I get, get to heaven by His grace, and, and you see me, and we get together and we start talking things over about little, little things that happened during this life that I still believe that we'll remember and God will bring to our remembrance. Brother Douglas, I won't be standing around the street of glory by the street. Uh, by the, uh, the golden street telling you and bragging about what all I'd done and how holy I had lived so I, I could be there. I'm going to be telling you what all he done for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Sometimes we need to go back. We need to go back and look again at the finished work of Calvary. Hallelujah. His death, his death atoned and covered and paid for every one of my sins. Gives me an opportunity. And his spirit is a quickening power to keep that life running in us. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So tonight, I hope and pray that everybody will go home and when you wake with an attitude, you say, help me, Lord, and you'll pray, Lord, help me to live this day ready to go. Let me be ready to go because I don't know what day you're coming. You might not come for another 50 or 100 years, but you might come for me. He might come for me tonight. I could go home and lay down go to sleep and never wake up. I don't know that. Amen.
And I ain't trying to use that as some type of cheap selling point like a salesman. I'm just telling you the facts, how it is. We all got to live our life ready to go. Let's stand together.